Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jason Knight, and on this week's episode, The Product Singer, we'll be talking about some important subjects. What's it like being a product manager when everyone else in the room has a PhD? How do you get involved in writing for a crowdsourced book? What lessons can teaching kids to swim teach us as product managers? Are we really going to get our first live singing performance on the show? For answers to all these questions and more, please join us on One Night in Products. My guest tonight is Puya Jamshidia, a leader in product management, artificial intelligence, strategist and experienced designer, coach and speaker, and I understand he has a fantastic singing voice as well. Good evening, Puya. Good evening. Uh, hi, Jason. Thank you very much for inviting me into your podcast. Good to be with you. No problem. It's good to have I you here. I try so, not to sing. <laughs> <laughs> look, let's see. If you, if, you, if you want to sing by the end, that's absolutely fine. No, I don't want to damage your podcast. <laughs> So, Puya, why don't you um, start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, indeed. So, in uh, two words, I'm an immigrant to the United Kingdom, and the second one is I'm a product dude. So, when I was uh, <laughs> 23 years old, I um, decided to move out um, of Iran. So, Iran is my home country where I was um, born and raised uh, up until the age of the 22, 3 then I uh, I was even studying at the uni, but I decided to quit. And I came over to the UK back in 2006 and started all over again, started going to university um, and starting from the degree doing computer science in Queen Mary University of London. And um, so, yeah, it's been a fascinating journey for me since then. Uh, I did my degree there working at the same time two jobs one is teaching uh, one was teaching um, swimming to kids which i think actually my communication skills coming from there because um <laughs> because you, you can't imagine it's the hardest thing to teach the kids because you have to speak their language and uh, communicate well um so yeah so that was one of the fascinating things that i did even even after my graduation even starting a you know professional job i was still doing that just to keep me um being away from computer and desk and stuff and yeah well at the same time i was having a part-time job as well in a uh, tv channel in the it department which was really my lab <laughs> whatever i learned in the uni i could actually try it there. <laughs> i didn't break anything though yeah so and after graduation then um i started working from four startups then uh, medium-sized companies then corporates like ibm and then um, the banks, and now I'm actually working in a, a life science uh, company uh, called Eagle Genomics. So that's really a, a very high level, but I could actually go into all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's see where we go. But actually, my my first question, I saw obviously saw the Eagle Genomics thing and was fascinated. I guess my first important question is: uh, Do you have Godzilla, uh, and uh, what are you going to grow him into? <laughs> well no i don't have a godzilla but probably you're trying to make one <laughs> if he can actually turn data to into to inside but uh you know if, even if you can actually um find a vaccine for covid that would be even better than godzilla i guess yeah that that, that would definitely uh solve a couple of problems that we're having at the moment so if you could uh, get that done by the end of this sprint that would be uh, absolutely amazing indeed so 
how is it then um i mean i know that your a lot of your experience is in fintech and banking and uh stuff like that so that sounds like a bit of a shift to go from that into kind of biotech and, and biotech product as well and and I know that you've got a, a strong history in sort of AI and, and machine learning and stuff like that, but it feels like it's a bit, still a bit of a shift. How has that been yep. for you? So a few factors played um, in my latest decision to move from a fintech to life science. So I've been actually working mostly in the fintech uh, in my career. Um, and my journey with applying the advanced science uh, like AI to products uh, started back in 2016 when I joined the um, Lloyds Banking Group when they wanted to actually, they started a program called Machine Intelligence Program to build a sort of a startup within the bank in order to build products for the customers and also for the consumption of the bank, applying different sciences like uh, cloud, um, um, uh, robotic process automation, and of course, um, AI. So that journey started there. So I had to, uh, obviously, I was a professional already in the product management, but my knowledge of AI was uh, limited at that time. And at the same time, I had to deliver. So that gave me a good opportunity and, and a challenge to um, self-train myself as I, you know, do my daily work. So throughout those three, four years, that um, three years actually, uh, that I was working with the bank, I could manage to, you know, uh, self-train myself to the level that I could even, uh, after three years, I could uh, win a prize in uh, the best, uh, one of the, you know, best uh, ideas of application of AI in finance, and also deliver about three products. And also, eventually, I, I was leading an initiative to solve a problem of turning all data that the bank have to to insight using what we call the intelligent search, whereas actually, or it's called cognitive search. So towards the end of my time at Lois, which I was actually a contractor, I was leading that I worked with different, uh, different uh, partners, different uh, providers to really experiment what is this cognitive search, how we can actually get all this information from different silos, et cetera, into one place, index it using the ML and um, NLP mainly to um, make sense of that data and, of course, generate insight. So I did that. Then my time in the bank came to the end with um, doing the great POC over there. So then after that, I was giving a bit of my, uh, I gave myself a bit of like, let's say sabbatical for about three for four months and how did you spend that did you do anything exciting and different or did, did you take that as a learning opportunity yeah that's that's what i mentioned that this yeah sabbat, sabbatical as in like i was trying to go i mean talking to like you know uh doing the mentorship talking in universities and also doing some work with product school speaking in their events etc but eventually i mean I, I wasn't really planning to shift and move to a the uh, move to another sector but what happened was that uh, when it lands on my desk the opportunity i looked at it and said oh my goodness this is exactly the same problem i was trying to solve in the bank towards the end when i was talking about the intelligence search and having all those information in different places and turn it to the inside so in high level eagle genomics was actually trying to do that so in high level is it, it was the same problem uh, regardless of the industry and 
I said, okay, so I did a POC. I have a good, you know, experience. I, as a product person, I always want to have a product in production, not just doing a POC to see the, the impacts of it. So maybe this is a good chance. So I joined on that basis. Um, and obviously it was a, you know, continuation of my journey in, in applying um, AI to the products in Engel Genomics. So I joined them in February and well, unfortunately, from the you know human perspective, that Corona and COVID nineteen happened, but it was it was it was a sort of very for me it was because um, obviously I didn't know that it's going to come right, but it was it it gave me even more motivation uh, that I joined yeah to solve the right problem right because it, that that's become the biggest thing now exactly. so I guess very limited uh, exactly. apart from giving money to people that. Uh, that, that want to solve it you know, in a bank I guess you're kind of limited whereas here you've, you've yeah. got a chance to make a, a real impact but but how do you how do you find though obviously I know that we spoke before about like how much you need to be a domain expert or not in and and I know that we'll probably talk about that in a minute but the the, the highlight is that product skills are kind of transferable but how how do you find for example going into this industry and and obviously having to presumably skill up pretty quickly especially because covid hit straight after and and having to really immerse yourself in 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 an entire new world at a time when when everything is kind of changing was was that tough was that tricky first of all very good question second yes it it i don't want to say it was only tough it's it's already a challenge i mean it's not something that i can learn in one night or a few weeks a few weeks a few months but you you mentioned a very good point and I always say I made a very daring decision to change and shift where I was actually already in the comfort zone in the in the fintech. Oh, there's there's so many jobs in fintech as well. Like on like you get the job spam emails yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Like every second product job that that comes through from God knows where that they're they're all fintech jobs or almost all of them are fintech jobs. So it, it feels like that's you could have mined that for the rest of your life and and probably been absolutely fine. Exactly, indeed. So, but. I made that decision, as I say, you know, a few factors played uh, played a role. But when I actually landed in, I saw that, okay, so this is a very different place. First of all, yes, product uh, skills are transferable. And it's something that the principles that you have to know are, uh, the key principle is to ha- actually stick with the problem. What is the actual business problem, regardless of which industry is that? Knowing your end user or, you know, the business, etc. But one thing that's quite key here is it's not only you that are expect- that is expected to know uh, the domain. So you are the product management. You deal with the business problem. Uh, you spend most of your time with the business problem. But they are people and scientists, you know, bioinformatician, uh, to to help you, they are actually the uh, subject matter experts. So gradually, yes, you will build up that knowledge as well. But if I want to compare the life science or with uh, the banking, you can probably learn the banking quicker a bit because you also, I mean, most the majority of the population are the users of the the banking and financial institution from you know uh, opening an account or you know the, you name it like getting mortgages etc whereas actually in this one life science you can know things 
But if you want to actually go dip, yeah. you have to have a degree or you have to, have a, you know, you have to be a scientist. So I knew that from day one that um, it's a it's it's probably a wasted effort if I put too much effort in, you know, learning how exactly DNA yeah, works yeah. and stuff. I may actually learn that right during the years, but I have people who know that. Then my job would be to to bring the mindset of a problem solution ideas and technology into that and help them to achieve what they want to achieve and how do you feel like obviously you're completely right that there's going to be a lot of really clever people and presumably phds and multiple phds and 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 god knows what um, you know working for that company and some really smart people and you know in, in, in my day job i'm also working with a lot of really smart sort of graduates and postgraduates and stuff in in sort of machine learning and NLP and 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 associated fields. Which is great. We learn from. We them. do, but I mean, it's. I work with a really good, really good group, and and I think we we complement each other really well. But have you ever had a situation working in AI? I mean, I, I think you've said that you're you're kind of self taught to a large extent. Have you ever had a situation where you've kind of felt that you were struggling to get, for want of a better word, respect from much cleverer people, or like at least much cleverer people in their field, or do you feel that it's actually always seen as more of a, a level playing field and, and, and you've always felt that you've managed to get good traction. Yes, indeed. So that's, uh, that's, that for me is not a, a bad thing to happen. So there has been the cases that obviously I didn't know. So in that case, I have to trust and I have to build that tr- trust so that they trust on me as well, not just I trust on them being the, the you know PhDs in the, the data science, or actually that they are uh, literally lecturers in universities who actually uh, do the life science and uh, you know bioinformatic. I I I never had a bad experience on that, and probably I'm lucky as well to have the very good people working with. And of course, uh, my way of working and my method is building empathy with people trying to see the world from their eyes so through that uh, and i think that's a skill that all the product people should have if they want to actually lead by influence if you actually put yourself in their shoes seeing trying to empathize with that trying to trying to not just show but appreciate the concerns they have or they 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 not the knowledge they have then they trust you as well and they are really open to you know share whatever they know with you and that's exactly what we want and how much of that do you understand though like obviously you're going to get better but some of that stuff must be really complicated <laughs> oh yes indeed but at the same time we're not necessarily I mean, my job is not necessarily is uh to go into the uh you know deep understanding of again how but but you must be you must be tempted right i mean it's a fascinating subject you must be tempted to oh it is indeed i you know i mean I, on a daily basis i read the stuff <laughs> i read about this as i said like i have to build up that knowledge anyway uh during the time but again so at the end of the day uh, we are building a platform that is supposed to turn data into insight when it comes to the data so they know that data, which is like it can be a microbiome data, you know, uh, anything, any life science data, agriculture data, um, data about food, etc. When it comes to that, then we have our scientists to look at the data, um, understand the, take out the key factor, uh, key features, 
of that data. So it's not really that that bit is not necessarily my job. My job is to actually build up that to define that platform that is supposed to turn that data into insight using different technologies, um, you know, defining the business problem, etc. So at least till now, I haven't had that challenge, which is good. That's good, and it it seems like you're you're riding a a really a really nice line, you know, between sort of zoom, there's kind of what kind of called zoom level where you're you're not zooming in so far yeah. that that you become basically a wannabe data scientist and and more like you know keep keeping keeping it so you can dip in where you need to and but then keeping that really strong product uh, kind of product over, exactly. overview. So tell me a little bit about the uh, AI book because I know that you published or part published a book on on ai called the ai book which is a fintech book but i understand that that's, this was a a crowdsourced book so so how does that work how do you, how do you crowdsource a book do you just write a chapter each or do you kind of collaborate on sections together how, how, how did that come together so the idea of uh that book which is called the ai book uh wasn't really my idea so uh, there's an organization called fintech circle that uh they 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 are in the financial institution and they you know they do the consultation and also they sponsor these sort of books and they already have you know different books that are similar at crowdsource so what happens is that um when they want to you know publish a new book uh, so they ask the you know people in the industry to submit a sort of abstract for uh, defined predefined chapters of the of of the book they want to publish uh, in future, so I got to know about that because I was following them. So I got to know about that, and then um, obviously I had the first hand experience in not just one chapter, a few areas, few topics. So I submitted a uh, very short abstract, and uh, to be honest, I mean uh, it's very hard for me to actually write short <laughs> things. It's easier for me to shoot write lengthy things. So I submitted that. Then it was going to the voting. So voting, um, so people, other people have, has to vote on that. Plus they have their own editorial panel. So eventually I was lucky that, um, that they liked my, uh, abstract and they asked me to write a full chapter on that, which, um, I did. And again, it got, it went to, uh, rounds of, uh, editing and eventually got published back in May, which we were supposed to have a launch launching day but we were already in the lockdown yeah. so that's the postponed but the book is about it's called the ai book um it's uh it's, it's actually about the application of ai in financial institution and i wrote the chapter about um how ai can work in deposit and lending it was a very great experience um still i mean probably for someone who hasn't really <laughs> have experience to write books it was a very good start and I think, I think actually having crowdsourced book is quite good. So the democratization Why? of information, right? Like everyone, exactly. everyone gets a chance. And you, and you see different perspective in one book rather than actually one book written by one person. It's not necessarily bad. And in most of the history, a book is written by one person. Yeah. But I think... Except the Bible. The Bible is written by lots of people, right? So this is like <laughs> the this is the Bible of AI, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to controversial that, but I can actually name other few, a few others. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, uh, it was a great experience. I'm happy about uh, what I did um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say that that sounds fascinating, but at the same time, I don't think I'm going to buy it for my mum for Christmas. It feels a little, <laughs> feels a little bit specialised. I will but, send that. Give me the address. I will send her one. Uh, so if you can sign it, that'd be lovely. But I mean, do, does has that kind of whetted your appetite to work on uh, on new books or like further things? Because again, I know you've done the product school stuff, so, and I'm presuming like everyone these days, you put out articles on places like medium and stuff uh, is that something that you're kind of passionate about and like to do or was that more like just an experiment and and kind of you've scratched that each now so it's both so <laughs> okay first of all it's definitely a passion i'm uh, i'm passionate about doing that but it's not for self-promotion that much because i see that as a continuation of self-training because when you write you just don't sit and write and it's done you have to do your own research as well and combine that with your own knowledge right so that research part is a self-training or self-education right for you so whether you're going to write an article book uh, doing a podcast um, or even you know doing talk you have to have you have to do your own research and that gives me a sort of excuse or push to go and do my research and uh, do my learning even it's not just the research even i you know i'm i have a uh, i've hunger to do even online courses um regardless of how knowledgeable i might be like in in one area but uh, you know this hunger doesn't leave me <laughs> so. yeah and that's a great attitude as well so that's a really exactly. great attitude obviously it's uh this whole kind of growth mindset and and all, all I, I think one of the, the things that you put on your uh profile which i found uh really interesting was the i think you said that you're trying to find it now you're a senior of the past and present but a junior of the future kind of strikes me as it's kind of yeah you you've, you've been there and done that to a large extent in 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 what you're already good at but the that you always seem to be like looking for the next thing to learn was what yeah. i took from that is that a fair a fair read well, it, yes because because the the pace of the you know advancement in science technology is way beyond you know your own pace in life so obviously you can't catch up with everything right but at least if you see i mean it's a danger zone if you see yourself knowledge knowledgeable in not just you know your area but in other areas so I mean, my mindset is that I still need to know. I don't know enough. That's my yeah. mindset. And I think actually, to be honest, what you said um, about kind of writing to almost clarify your own thoughts and be a learning exercise for yourself is something that chimes quite a lot with me as well, because I don't think I was a natural but medium contributor. Now, obviously, everyone's a medium contributor these days and it's nothing special. It's like you can, anyone can publish stuff, but at the same time, just spending the time to write stuff down and picking a topic that you're basically interested in and and kind of forming or trying to form a coherent thing out of that is is actually for me it's it's almost like uh i think it's exactly as you said it, it's just a, a real good way to just just try and get your thoughts in order and 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 almost just persuade yourself as well as trying to persuade other people as well yes indeed and there was another point i forgot to mention that part of it is also when I write something, I'm actually hopeful to get some feedback. And out of that feedback, I learn even more. Yeah, exactly. You need people to test your assumptions, right? Yeah, whether it's a post on LinkedIn, whether it's a book, a chapter, or or an, an article on Medium or any other platforms, I'm hoping that people read and not just clap for me, but <laughs> um, comment on that Yeah, to learn from. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that the biggest problem that I find with with stuff like that, which and whilst I completely agree, is it's so difficult to cut through the through the crowd. Like there's just so many people, and and getting that kind of traction with people, unless you, I guess, unless you're lucky, is 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 quite difficult because there. Uh, I look on Medium obviously every day just to see what's going on. And there are you know, a thousand articles about Scrum every day, a thousand articles about what product management is, a thousand articles about product leadership. And I'm sure that some of those are more insightful than others. But at the same time, I don't even know how to choose. I mean, obviously, yeah, you get the, the curations and you get the, the recommended content and stuff like that. But there's just so yeah. much on there. And actually, for me, that was really scary to start. You know, why, why would I put stuff on yeah. there? Because no one's ever going to find it. But yeah, in the end, you just have to just, just do it anyway. Yeah, indeed. Uh- I like Medium platform um, because, I mean, since the Medium is out, I don't think having a blog, personal blog, would actually work because you want to actually have audience and read to be read. So at least somewhere like a Medium is is a place that there is a chance that people actually see it because, you know, there are lots of users. And I have a long list of articles that I've bookmarked and probably I need three months <laughs> doing nothing to read all of that. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem. That again, it's not just the amount of content making it hard to stick through, but it's also the amount of content that you you just can't. There's so every day thousands of new articles about stuff that you're probably interested in, plus all the videos and the podcasts and everything else. It's just it's it's almost like a full time job just to keep up up to date with some of this stuff, which is which is fantastic. It's fantastic. Again, I was talking to someone earlier about like the the amount of resources and and kind of kind of content that we can consume these days just it's night and day to like when i was growing up and maybe when you were growing up like where you just my example i use like i had to wait a month uh once a month i'd get a magazine about a computer that i could read and then i have to wait a month when i'd finish that magazine for the next magazine about that computer it was so different to now and i don't want to sound like an old man although i clearly do but just having Having just all this stuff at our fingertips is just such a such a, a fascinating and, and, and fabulous advantage. Yeah, now we're living in the information uh, era. That, yeah. um, and helping that to time... build the next one as well, right? We're helping to build the next information <laughs> era as well, which is good. It's good to be a part of that. So how would you uh, describe AI in a, in a way that doesn't involve any buzzwords or, you know, just kind of smoke and mirrors? I am happy actually you raised the fact that it's um, not necessarily buzzword. So because it's, to some extent, it's been used as a buzzword. And I, I mean, I personally don't necessarily follow trends. I, I have an eye on that. Uh, things like, you know, whatever trends you can name, uh, like blockchain or anything else. Um, I want to see their impact now then that becomes something more than a trend for me. And I saw that impact in AI when I started um, my journey with applying AI into the products, uh, doing lots of experimentation back, back in Lloyd's. So I saw that impact. And uh, because of that, I was more and more keen and eager to learn more about the doing a lot of um, you know experimentation. So for, for the audience, so uh, the, the AI is not something new, right? It's been at least the concept been around for 50 years, but why now? It's because the processing power of the computers, uh, not even comparable with five years ago. The amount of data we have is not even comparable with five years ago. But, and the models and the, you know, the logics, the logics and models probably were there, uh, but even there, there has been advancement on those stuff, uh, on those areas as well. So these all together made the AI something that 
we can invest now because AI has gone through different, you know, what we call the, the um, it's called um, winter in AI. So it's been boomed, then it went down. No, it doesn't work. Then it boomed again. No, it doesn't work. It went down throughout the probably um, 40, 50 years ago. But now, as I said, for those, um, uh, for those uh, reasons, now it has come and I don't think it will go uh, and go and um, that the, probably there won't be any winter on AI. But that said, there is still, we are, it, it's like a baby at the moment. The baby needs milk to grow up and that milk is a data. And yes, we have data, but you have to give your baby good milk, right? Otherwise, you would actually cause a lot of problem for the baby. <laughs> so in this case as well, right? The garbage in, garbage out. So the data, yes, they have vast volume of data, but the the challenge is that how, first of all, you collect them, make sense of them, clean them, because data can be structured like tables, can be unstructured like, you know, tweet posts uh, or things like that or images. So these are all challenge of the curating that data to when you actually see, okay, this is a quality data. The, this data has value to fit into your, you know, you, your AI-powered product in order to get the result. So in general, to answer your question, back to your question, I see AI as a good enabler, but in put it in the context of product management, I think product managers should not necessarily use it as a tool in their pocket and then look for a solution to solve to solve that problem with the AI. So the, the principle of the whether you are a product manager or, or an AI product manager, whatever you call it, or product dude, you still need to follow the key principles of focusing on the problem, focusing on the user uh, segmentation, understand that, understand their pain point, what opportunities there are there or jobs that they have to do or jobs to be done, focusing on that area. But when when you see that your idea or your solution requires a lot of data, and also generates or supposed to generate a lot of data, then you can consider AI technology. And AI is an umbrella term. So under that, there are, you know, there are different technologies you can use NLP, machine learning, deep learning, computer vision, uh, you know, many use cases as well. And each of these may have different way you as a product manager need to deal with that. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point and not really controversial about kind of not falling in love with the 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 the, the solution as such as actually making sure that you're solving the right problem i think it reminds me of a, a story which i'll probably remember wrongly and apologies to all people involved in the story if if it's actually a different story but the story i think i remember is the the, the story of when paypal were trying to um to build a, a a new solution which would would really help to drastically cut fraud and they were obviously trying lots of really complicated machine learning and, and AI techniques to try and get that done and automate everything and get it as scalable as possible. But obviously, the cost of fraud is is really high, and mach- and machine learning comes uh, with a certain level of fuzziness. And they actually found that whilst the AI slash machine learning slash algorithmic solution was you know, was sexier, at the same time yeah. they they got a lot more sort of bang for their buck by putting some people in front of that problem as well and, and, and solving at least some of it manually. And again, it's all about solving the problem in the most effective way and not just sitting there thinking, hey, I've seen something in a 
you know, in, in an article, and I have to use that now. Yeah, indeed, and that that actually raises the importance of the experimentation culture. So, experimentation culture is quite key. I mean, in general, for companies, uh, especially for managing products, but more specifically, when you talk about the AI, because it's it's supposed to. If you talk about AI, you're talking about the machine that learns, and uh, you are helping it to learn. Whether it's a, um, a supervised, uh, you're helping it to learn, or it's unsupervised, it learns by itself. And that learning is iterative and it takes time and depends on the data or that milk uh, I mentioned you give it to. <laughs> it can actually comes, uh, you know, it it it, ge- it can generate different results. So the 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 importance of the experimentation here is quite key. That's what we did back in Lloyd's um, when we were doing, uh, you know, uh, when applying different technologies, from cognitive technologies, uh, building virtual assistant to actually doing the text uh, to speech or a speech to text analysis, etc. These experimentation, that experimentation, it might be different to the experimentation that you do, for example, with A/B testing. So the experimentation, for example, with the you know a data science uh, or a data product would be probably in a sprint, if you can apply sprints in such products, you would have probably different experimentation or like three or four experimentation just within that sprint because it's basically what ex- what your experiment is just feeding some train different training data into your model. And that can be done in a day or less than a day, right? So you don't need to actually go through the prototyping, designing. I, again, I go back to the fact that it depends on the that specific product that actually you're building. But I want to emphasize the fact that experimentation is important specifically when you're building products that are powered by mainly machine learning. Yeah, and when there's obviously going to be many solutions in which in, in some cases you're not even sure if some of them are going to work, but you still have to try. I want to go back to uh, well, something that you said earlier on about your experience uh, with teaching kids. So obviously with the swimming and stuff. Um, Indeed. How would you... If, I don't know, someone had to get out of the swimming pool early and, and they needed a chat, how would you explain product management to that child? So, very good question. Um, so, I would explain probably to the kids that I tried to build an easy to use and a nice goggle, goggles that you use for swimming on my daily basis. I'm probably not you know, not building those goggles, but trying to, trying to, tr- trying to transfer that I'm actually trying to solve a problem. So the, the goggle that you use to swim, I'm on my daily job, I'm thinking, okay, I know you have some problem with your goggle. It's actually, it, 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 um, it's loose. It goes loose uh, quite often. So how can I actually fix that for you? So for to a, to a three four year old, I would explain it like that. Well, it depends how <laughs> how old is the kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's probably a limit. You, you can't talk about the AI machine learning to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd be interested to hear hear how you'd explain that. But maybe that's a that's some homework for you to come up with a a good narrative to, for example, how you would explain probably, yeah. AI Definitely. to my five year old uh, my five year old son would would be a fascinating follow on, but. I don't think we need to put you on the spot that much. It's obviously a really complicated thing that in some ways is really difficult to explain to adults. So, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't put you on the spot for that. Well, that's <laughs> been really 
really fabulous to uh, to talk to you and Thank get you an much. insight into into your, into your life and your world. Obviously, some of your challenges, I think, are probably challenges that we share as we're as, as we're kind of trying to solve hard problems in in interesting ways. But at the same time, I think that it's really interesting to see some of the different ways that people are approaching these things and, and obviously different industries as well. So that's that's been really insightful. So thank you very much for spending the time. And well, Thank you very much for having me. No, no problem. How can people get in touch with you? They can, you know, email me or uh, my LinkedIn if you're um, happy for you to share uh, when you share okay. the podcast. I'll put uh, the LinkedIn in the description and people can connect with you and ask you any more questions sure, about when God Godzilla is going to come over the horizon. <laughs> I'll, I'll surely let them know when we get the back vaccine out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that could you do that one first please <laughs> cool well thank you very much for your time as ever thanks for listening if you've enjoyed the show today I'd love it if you left a review shared it with your friends subscribed or followed the show on Facebook Instagram or LinkedIn I've also got a mailing list which will send exactly one message a week with a summary of the latest show and any other quality product content that's piqued my attention over the last week. If that sounds good, sign up at onenightinproduct.com and that's night with a K. Thank you very much.